but we do. So let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Peter. Again, 1 Peter, we're preaching through the entire book of 1 Peter, and we're getting into the second chapter. Second chapter this week, excuse me, uh, my voice is trying to lay down on me this week. I'm a little bit tired, so just, just bear with me. Uh, but uh, second or First Peter chapter 2, and we're just going to read three verses and dive in. Use that as our, our platform to, to dive into the Word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 1. If you find that, please stand to honor the reading of God's Word. When you arrive there, would you say amen? Amen. The Bible says this, Peter says, uh, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. He says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you again just saying thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. And God, we praise you, we lift you up because you're the only one that's worthy. Lord, we don't deserve uh, any praise for what has been done here this morning, God, but all glory goes to you. And God, as we uh, continue into the preaching time, Lord, I just pray that you would have your way in that. And God, you would use me as your vessel. And Lord, that you would speak to people. And God, that your word would, would penetrate hearts and, and Lord, that your message would go out through the, through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that people would understand and hear, but not just hear, but God, be doers as well. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, with, with, with the... Uh, just a little bit of danger of being redundant here. I'll give you again the context of 1 Peter. Written to a church that is under persecution. Written to a group of believers that basically have nowhere to turn except the church. And some of these believers that are being persecuted are not, are not, just, they're not seasoned Christians. They hadn't been in this thing a long time. In fact, a lot of these people are new to the faith. And it seems that, that uh, as Peter was writing here, he's going to give us a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of insight into that. And he tells these people uh, some things. And you remember if a couple of weeks ago I preached on holiness and how that, that God calls us to be a holy people, amen, and that he calls us to be separate from the world and to come out and, and be a different people than, than, than those that are unsaved. And then last week, if you were here, I preached on uh, how that we are to love the brothers, how we're to love each other and lift each other up and, and do good for each other and help where we can. Amen. And, and those things go right in tandem with this. He says, wherefore, he says, laying aside all malice, and all guile. He, he doesn't, he says, laying aside anger and, and divisiveness among yourselves and hypocrisies, that, that is being an actor, and envies and, and all evil speakings. He said that we're to, to lay those things aside. As Christians, you know, it's, it, we're naturally inclined sometimes to speak evil, right? I mean, you don't have to think about speaking evil of somebody. Sometimes you just, you just do it. It comes natural. And sometimes uh, envyings and guile and all these things, they come natural to us. But he says that we are to lay them aside. 
What, what Peter is saying here, that, that, that these evil things that we're doing, we're to literally take them off just as if I were to take this coat off and set it down and just walk away from it. That those things we have to purposely and mindfully think about those things that we do sometimes and put them aside and put them out of our sight and try not to return back to them. And he says, and when we do this... After we take off these things, that is not the the message. That's just the very introduction of it. He says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Now, how many of you in here have had two births? Anybody in here been born twice? I have. Amen. I was born the first time, January the 21st, 1987 is when I was born. And then I was born again when I was 11 years old into the family of God. Now, not everybody in here, I would say, this morning has two birthdays. How many of you remember when you were saved? Do you remember? Now, I'm not asking you the exact date. I'm not asking you to tell me what time it was and, and all these things. But, but most of you can go back and you can remember a time when God entered into your heart and, and you were born again into the family of God and became a believer in Christ. Now, if I ask you the, on the flip side of that, and I said, how many of you remember the day that you were born into this world? I don't think anybody would know. I, I will tell you this as sort of a sidebar. It's kind of funny. I have a cousin who claims that he can remember being an infant. I said, he's crazy. There's no way that you can remember being a baby. In fact, I don't think that I would want to remember that. Do you? I mean, anybody that, that has ever had a baby, I mean, you know what, you know what it's like and what a baby does. I, I wouldn't want to remember those times in my life. But I do remember what it's like to be a young Christian. I do remember what it's like to be somebody who was, who was young in the faith and somebody that had just come to God with the thought on my mind, where do I go from here? Because see, the thing about it is, is when you accept Christ into your, into your life, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, and when you are born again, I, I don't just walk up, let's say you do that at this altar, and, and say, okay, here's, here's, here's a 20-page instruction manual, and this is what you do, and this is what you don't do. But you do have an instruction manual, right? We, we do have directions for, for what we should do. Now, it's not as easy as, as ABC and 1, 2, 3 and, and all that, and it's not necessarily in order. But if you're born again, you have this right here. You have the Word of God. You have something in your hand. If you've got a Bible this morning, you've got something in your hand that, that the, the actual readers of this letter, the people that this letter was written to, they didn't even have that. They had little portions, they may have had the, the Torah, they may have had some letters, but they didn't have the Bible in its completion like we have. What a blessing it is this morning to have your, the Word of God in your possession. Amen? And in light of that, I got to thinking, and God laid this message on my heart. And this is sort of a hard message to preach, but I think it's something that's very pertinent in our churches, and, and even in this church in particular, is that you as a Christian understand this are fully equipped by God to live your Christian life to the fullest. Here's what I mean by that. You, when, when God came into your life, when, when Jesus took up residence and the Holy Spirit moved in, when that happened, number one, you have the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and number two, you have the, the, what we call the canon of Scripture right here. We, we have this. So that being said, there's really no reason or no excuse why anybody should not be living 
a Christian life to its fullest. Amen? But the tragedy of that is, is, is there's a lot of people who are not. I think about, uh, the, let's just read this again, read the second verse. It's verse number two, turn your attention to that. He says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I heard a story some time back about this young mother. She was 16 years old. Nobody local. It was, it was in, a, in a big city. And this mother took her, her infant. This baby was, it was just tiny, a tiny little baby, to the local clinic. And she, she presented this baby to the doctor, and she said, she said to the doctor, my baby, for some reason, is not growing. So the, the baby it just cries all the time and, and it's got severe stomach issues. I mean, the baby's just not doing well, and, and the baby's not thriving. And as a parent, anybody that's ever had a baby, I mean, when your baby's not thriving, you can tell, right? I mean, it's just kind of obvious to a parent, and especially to a mother, when a baby's not doing well. And this mother took their baby to the doctor, and, and the doctor began to examine the baby, and they, they started looking over it and, and poking and prodding and, and do, you know, doing some blood work, just doing what doctors do. And, and as, the, the, as the blood work was being processed, the, the baby began to cry, and so the nurse handed the baby to, back to its mother and said, you know, the baby may need a bottle or something, here you go. And the mother reached down, sitting in a chair, and reached into the diaper bag and produced a bottle. And in this bottle, there was a red substance. And the nurse said, what is in that bottle? And the mother said, it's red Kool-Aid. Now, this is a tiny, tiny little infant. And, and this lady is about to put a, a bottle of Kool-Aid in this baby's mouth. So some of you that are not parents think, well, that's not a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, and this, this young girl, when, when the doctor asked her, why in the world did you, are you giving that baby Kool-Aid? She said, well, I was raised on Kool-Aid and I turned out fine. But let me say this, you know the reason that baby wasn't growing? Why was that baby not thriving? Why did that baby have stomach issues? Because it needed the milk. And it got the substitute for that. And it wasn't a good substitute, and it wasn't a substitute that could, that could do anything for that baby. That baby could not handle what it was being given, and therefore it was not going to grow. And so many times I see that in Christians, baby Christians. That they have things, that, 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 and they're doing things that maybe, and they're taking things in, and they're just not growing. And he says that as newborn babes, you're to desire the sincere milk of what? This is a very important phrase. He says the Word. If you want to know how to grow and how to thrive and, and, and then eventually, and here's the message today, be a mature Christian, you can find it right here in the Word of God. Amen? And you say, well, what does it mean to be immature? What, what are you talking about being an immature Christian? And, and it's, it's sort of hard to explain, but I think about this. 
You think about your life, and as, as you were a baby, and when you were born, obviously none, none of us remember that. But as we begin to grow, we begin to form memories, and we begin to think about developmental points in our life where we learn how to do things. And, and I don't know if you remember starting to walk or starting to talk. I don't remember any of those things. But we know that then in a child's life that there are milestones that they should be reaching, right? And, and you know that, that if a child is, is not growing and not maturing and, 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 and not eventually becomes an adult and, and then becomes a, a middle-aged person and then an older person and then, and then elderly eventually, I mean, if, if somebody didn't do that, we would think something's wrong, right? We would say, well, that person's got to be checked out. We need to, we need to take care of something. But, but I see in our churches that there are people that are not reaching milestones that they should be reaching. They should be, uh, you know, so far along in their Christian walk, but yet they hadn't got there. And what's, why is that? Was it because, is it because they don't go to church? No, that's probably not the reason. Is it because they don't have the resources available that they need? Is it because the, the nourishment is just not available? Oh, it's available. It's there. The thing is, is they don't desire it. You see that word right there? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, I don't know if, if Peter had children. I don't know if he did or not. But, but that word desire, that is, an, uh, that is an awfully polite word for when a baby wants milk, right? They do more than desire. They scream at the top of their lungs until you do something about their need. And I think as, as young Christians, as, as babies in Christ, people should be, should be desiring the sincere milk of the Word. Why? So that you can grow. So that you can mature in Christ. What does somebody that's immature in Christ look like? Is everybody still with me? If you're still with me and awake, say amen. If you're asleep, it's okay. Just, just go ahead. Get your nap out. That'll be okay. But what, what does an immature believer look like somebody that that is a christian i'm not talking this morning to to necessarily unsaved people now, i've already told you about being born again and how that works and that jesus moves into your heart but let me speak to the church for just a little while because that's who peter was speaking to he was speaking to believers that were about to be persecuted about to be killed many of them and he said if if you're not mature if you're not a grown-up christian you're probably not going to be able to handle what's coming your way. It takes a mature Christian to face things, doesn't it, Tanner? It takes a mature Christian to be willing to go and die a martyr's death. And I, I, I just say this, that I don't know really how many people are seriously willing to make those sacrifices for the cause of Christ. I just don't know. But what does, what does somebody that, that needs to grow up and needs to mature in the Lord look like? Well, the first thing that I'll say is that they're probably carnally minded. And what does that mean? That means this, that, that instead of being controlled by the Spirit of God, you're controlled by the things of the world. That, that instead of letting the Holy Spirit have leadership in your life and letting God uh, you know, show you what He wants you to do, what you do instead is you try to replace God with other things. See, you can be saved and on your way to heaven and not follow God's will for your life. Did you know that? 
A lot of people do it. I'm going to read you a scripture just to, just to tell you about this and being carnally minded. Romans chapter 8 verse number 5 says this. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the, the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. A lot of times we have other things on our mind. And when we come to church, we've got other things on our mind. And we're distracted. And, and it doesn't get any better when we have to go out. And, and if you don't have God on your mind, if you're not spiritually minded and you're not thinking about the things of God, then I guarantee that, that it's going to be really hard for you to grow in Christ if your mind is not on Him. Would you say amen to that? If your mind is not in that direction and in that vein all the time, then, then it'd be hard for me to think about that you're growing in Him. It's really simple to think about. If, if you're not thinking about God, then you're thinking about something, right? Your mind can only think one thought at a time. I know that's hard to believe. You know, people say they multitask. That's a lie. You cannot multitask. You can only think one thought at a time. And if God is not on your mind, then something is. And we've replaced God with so many other things. We've replaced Him with wealth. We've replaced Him with all these other carnally-minded things. And you can't grow that way. Here's a big one. And, and uh, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2. He says, I have fed you. This is Paul again speaking to the Corinthian church. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Another thing that I see in someone that is spiritually immature is that they lack spiritual and scriptural depth. Spiritual depth. You say, well, what is, what is spiritual depth and what is scriptural de depth? I'm not saying, get, I want you to understand this, that some people are gifted to be able to understand the Bible. Would you agree with that statement? That some people just are just naturally predisposed, and by the way, that's their spiritual gift, is, is knowledge and understanding and wisdom in the things of God. Some people... Can, can get saved and start reading the Bible and understand it. And they just you get it. It clicks with them like that. Some people don't have that. All right? And, and what I'm not saying this morning before I, I tell you what I am saying is I'm not expecting anybody to get saved and then be able to get up and teach a lesson on the book of Revelation. In fact, I would say, go as far as to say that, that it would be dangerous to, to hand somebody that's been, say, five years the book of Revelation and say, here, explain this. Or, or a lot of scriptures, there's a lot of things in the Word of God that we, that we have to be careful with. Amen? But what I see a lot of times is people will open their Bible and they'll read something and they'll say, well, I don't understand that, and they'll just move on. They'll say, well, uh, God, I guess he didn't want me to understand it. And, and so they just, they just throw it to the side and say, well, I'll, I'll come back to that later. Maybe one day God will reveal it to me. And then they'll start to get discouraged. And before you know it, they'll put their Bible down. Did you know as a Christian that you need to know this word? The Bible says in Psalms that your word have I hid in my heart. Why? Why do we hide God's word in our heart? Does anybody know? Can anybody finish that verse? Somebody. Connie? 
that I might not sin against God. Amen? The reason that we, we to ingest this Word, the reason that we are to know the Word of God is so that we might not sin against Him. If His Word is hid in your heart, then guess what? That means that there's less room for other things in your heart. That means that there's less room for the sin and less room for the worldly things. And if we're willing to put God's Word into our heart and to be, to be spiritually deep and to be scripturally deep, then guess what? We will automatically grow in God I don't believe I heard in fact Randall I don't know if Randall's in here or not but I was listening to his Sunday school lesson this morning brother and uh, Randall was preaching I don't know if y'all know that but Randall was in here preaching and uh and Randall said that, that we ought to be reading our Bible. And he was telling about how much of the Bible he reads and sometimes he misses it. And, but what, his, what he was saying in his lesson is this, essentially, at least I think it was, that if you will read your Bible, that God will bless that. And I don't believe that anybody could open this Word and read it with any sort of, any sort of regularity and not grow spiritually. If you'll just simply, it's as simple as that. It, it, we've identified the problem this morning, right, that people need to grow in the Lord. If you would just simply open up your Bible and say a simple little prayer like, God, guide me as I read your word today, and you read his word and you're faithful to that, then God will bless and you will grow in him and be mature. Amen? Would you say amen to that? But yet we, we often close our Bibles, and we often, uh, what, I, what I see is a lot of times is that from Sunday to Sunday, I don't believe a lot of people even open their Bibles. Would you agree with that, George? Amen. Say amen, George. George, George preached the same thing I would. As many times uh, we think it's the preacher's job to study the Word of God. Is it my job to study? Absolutely. I better be studied. I better be ready to preach. And I, I better know what the Word of God says. And, and I better at least try to have an understanding of what's going on so that I can bring the Word and present it to you. But it's not just my job. It's not just the job of the Sunday school teacher. It's your job to grow in the Word of God. Please do that. Please go read your Bible. I, I, I mean, it's just as simple as opening it up, asking God to show you where He wants you to read, and just, just be faithful to that. And if you will be faithful, you will grow in Him. Another thing that, that, sort, of, that sort of stems from that and, and sort of not knowing a whole lot about the Word of God is not only do we lack spiritual and scriptural depth, but another thing is that a lot of people that are immature in the faith are not grounded in what they believe. They don't know what they believe. And they don't, they don't understand why that's important to have a certain set of beliefs and a certain set of doctrines. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14. Again, the Apostle Paul says that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Did you know that, that everybody that, that opens a Bible and, and says stuff is, is not always trying to tell you what's right? I mean, it, uh, that's, that's the truth. Sometimes people, they open a Bible and they tell you things and they, they don't tell you the truth because maybe they don't know what the truth is. But, and I'm not, listen to me, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, that 
well, everything that we believe is free will Baptist is perfect, okay? We're Free Will Baptist Church. Just in case you don't know, go check the sign out out front. I'm not going to get into what all that entails and what all that means. But a lot of people, I'll say this, don't even don't know what it is to be a Free Will Baptist. But another thing is they don't really even know what it is to be a Christian. They don't understand uh, scriptural things, spiritual things, that, and, and then they don't, they don't understand what they should believe. They, they say things, that are, they, they don't know what things like sanctification is. They don't understand what, what baptism really is and why it's so important to be baptized, right? I mean, we all understand we're Baptists and so we think you should be baptized, but why is that? You should know things like that. If you're baptized, if you've been baptized, you should know what baptism is, Amen. You should, you should have some basic understanding of, of the things that the Bible says. And he, ta- he says here, the Paul says that we be no more children. You know, you can change a child's mind pretty fast sometimes. Now, sometimes there are stubborn and obstinate children. I understand that. But a lot of times, you know, you know how children are. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like this. Your child, you can buy them a new toy. And you give them that toy and they love it, right? I mean, they're just overjoyed with that new fire truck that you got that kid. And they'll play with it and they'll love it. And then you buy them another toy or somebody else buys them another toy. And I see this at birthday parties, especially for small children, is, is they open a gift and they say, man, this is the greatest gift in the world. And then they open the next gift and guess what? They like it. And they open the next gift and they like it. And, and you know, they're just they're tossed to and fro, Right. So I believe a lot of times in, in churches and in, 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 in Christianity in general in our lives, a lot of times if we're not careful, we see something big or we see something flashy or we hear something that sounds good and we think, yeah, that's got to be it because this guy said it or that guy said it. But what does the Bible say about it? I've seen a lot of people, a, a lot of good Christian people that are, that are led astray into some, some crazy stuff. Because they didn't know what the Bible said on a subject. Or they didn't know what what they believe. I mean, you should read the Bible and you should study the Bible out and you should know, again, uh, with spiritual and scriptural depth. But somebody that's immature, a a pretty, pretty sure sign that somebody's scripturally and spiritually immature is when they have no idea what they believe. Not what the free will Baptists believe, but what they believe. And then fourthly, I'll give you this point, and then we'll, we'll talk just a little bit more about it. But then there's Romans chapter 14, verse number 1. And when somebody doesn't understand what they believe and why they believe it, this is what happens. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. See, the thing about it is somebody that is spiritually immature, they get offended real easy. You ever seen anybody in, in church, and don't, don't, don't start calling names, okay? But you ever, you ever been around anybody that, that you say something and they get offended because that's not how they believe? You ever seen anybody like that? Anybody? I, I've been around people like that, and, and to be honest with you, they're not the, the most fun people to be around in fact, people that get easily offended probably shouldn't talk to me. 
I've had, certain, I've had a few people tell me, well, you're too harsh sometimes. I just try to be honest. I just try to, I try to shoot straight most of the time. And, and I think that's the only way you should do it, right? I mean, especially when it comes to the Bible, I shouldn't have to tiptoe, right? I shouldn't have to walk on eggshells. Now, there are things that, that are small things that are minor things, and that's what these doubtful disputations are. There's some things that we argue over and some things that we talk about that, that don't amount to anything. And they never will amount to anything. But a sure sign of somebody that needs to grow is somebody that gets easily offended. People that, that move around a lot. People that, that they hear a preacher preach and they'll, they'll say, well, I didn't like what he said and, and, and he shouldn't have said that or he shouldn't have said this. And, and so they'll get mad and they'll, they'll do something else and, and they'll get mad at somebody and they'll say, well, I'm mad at this person. I, they're offended by them and so they're going to go sit over here. And, and I was wondering why some of y'all are starting to sit on this side of the church, but now I think I get it now. You got mad at somebody over here. Immature. Need to grow up need to grow in the Lord. That's important, amen? I believe that, that this church and every church would be stronger, would, would, would put up a better fight, would, would see more souls won, may even have revival breakout if people would grow in the Lord. I'm not saying that you can necessarily just grow up overnight. I mean, you don't go from being a baby to being an adult overnight, okay? I mean, that's just not how it works. And I don't think that's how it works with a, with, as a Christian. You don't just get saved one day and then the next day you're a spiritual giant and you know it all and you understand all these things. But I believe that if you will just put forth the effort, if you will just go to the Word of God and, and, and kneel in prayer and be honest with God and tell Him, hey, I don't know everything. I don't have it figured out. Lord, help me to grow. He will honor that. And you will grow in the Lord. I encourage you. I implore you. I beg you as your pastor. Or, or maybe if you don't attend church here, as just the guy standing up here behind the pulpit with the Word of God open. I beg you, please desire the sincere milk of the Word. Desire that. Be, be looking for it. Be hungry for it. Be thirsty for what God wants to say to you and wants to do in your life. He says that you may grow thereby. In verse number 3, and we'll be done. He says, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. See, I believe that if you ever get a taste of what God has, you'll want more of it. You'll want to keep coming back. You'll want to open your word. You'll want to come to church and hear what, what the preacher's saying or what the Sunday school teacher's saying. Or you'll want to turn on the radio and listen to preaching. And I believe if you ever just get a little bit, little bitty taste of that milk, you'll want more. If you'll just open your Bible and you'll read and you'll get a basic understanding of, of what the Bible says, then guess what? God, will, he'll, start, he'll start solidifying your diet a little bit. He'll start stepping you up to things that, that you didn't understand and that other people may not understand. And eventually, just as the Apostle Paul said, that eventually you'll be on the meat and not on the milk anymore. And a lot of preachers, they'll, they'll stand up here and they'll huff and they'll puff and they'll say, uh, you know, you've got to be on the meat. You need, to, you need to grow up and be on the meat. But I'm encouraging you today just to get on the milk. 
I mean, you, you need to get on the milk. If, if, if a young believer gets on the meat, guess what will happen? They'll choke to death because they can't handle it. I encourage you, please, please desire the milk of the Word. Open your Bible, read it, and grow in it, and, and grow in the Lord so that you can serve Him better. So that you can, when people come to you with questions about the Bible, people know I'm a preacher, and boy, they'll come up with some of the craziest questions I've ever heard in my life. And a lot of times I got answers for them. But I had one guy, he said, did Adam have a belly button? I said, does it matter? There's some people ask silly questions, and you won't know the answers. But I guarantee if you'll, if you'll study the Word of God, if you'll pay attention and let God speak to you, He will mature you. You don't even have to mature yourself. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, thank you for your wonderful word. And, and thank you that, that Peter wrote the words that were to de desire the sincere milk of the word. And that, Lord, that, that reading our Bibles... And that, that listening to your voice and what you have to say through the written word of God should never be laborious. It should never get to the point where you say, well, I have to read my Bible. It should be that we want to read our Bible. We want to learn more about you and we want to grow in you and mature in you. And Lord, become more like you. And God, I thank you for people that have put in the time and people that have studied the word and I thank you for those mature Christians and Lord that, that, that they have stood the test of time and, and that they are continuing to serve you but God this morning I pray for those that, that, that need that milk just as, as we pray for a, a little baby that it would thrive and, and that it would grow and, and God that it would get bigger God I pray for those people this morning that we could learn about you, that we could, we could just become more like you. God, help us as a church never to be complacent and never to think we've arrived at the point where we know everything. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and sing this morning.